Today, we peel back 2,000 years of window dressing. We study the scripture for what it actually says. We ponder the unique role of angels, well, and what their words can reveal about what was really going on, all on the way to answering the question, Easter, what's the truth? Welcome to the Sky Pilot Podcast that explores questions of faith, spirituality, and religion. I'm Dan Matthews, and I don't have all the answers, but I do enjoy the questions. Welcome to the podcast where every question is an invitation into a spiritual quest, and you're invited along for the journey. At church on Easter morning, at the early service that we call the Vigil, we read the following account of the resurrection, and this is from the Gospel of Matthew. This is going to be our working text for this episode, and I'm going to read it to you right now. After the Sabbath, as the first day of the week was dawning, Mary Magdalene and the other Mary went to see the tomb. Suddenly there was a great earthquake, for an angel of the Lord descending from heaven came and rolled back the stone and sat on it. His appearance was like lightning, and his clothing white as snow. For fear of him, the guards shook and became like dead men. But the angel said to the women, Do not be afraid, for I know that you are looking for Jesus who was crucified. He is not here, for he has been raised as he said. Come, see the place where he lay, then go quickly and tell his disciples. He has been raised from the dead, and indeed he is going ahead of you to Galilee. There you will see him. This is my message for you. So they left the tomb quickly with fear and great joy and ran to tell his disciples. Suddenly, Jesus met them and said, Greetings! And they came to him, took hold of his feet, and worshipped him. Then Jesus said to them, Do not be afraid. Go and tell my brothers and sisters to go to Galilee. There they will see me. My wife Sarah and I have twice had the wonderful experience of traveling to Israel and touring through the Holy Land. One of the things I wanted, particularly the first time I went, was to experience the Israel of Jesus. You know, I wanted to see and understand the land as Jesus would have seen it and understood it himself. This probably might not surprise you, but it did me. That was a shockingly hard thing to do. Now, when you start talking about the Israel of Jesus, you can run down this rabbit hole very quickly, in which you start worrying about which sites are authentic and which sites are not as authentic and probably aren't really the site at which something happened. I'm not going to enter into that debate which of the locations are most historically accurate, because that's another conversation. It's an interesting one, but that's another conversation. Let's just, for a moment, assume that all the sites we visited are 100% historically accurate. When traveling there, you will find the place of his birth has a church built upon it. The place he was executed, it's likewise inside a church. And the tomb he was laid in, well, it's actually inside the very same building as the crucifixion site. Just one really big building encompassing them both. Also, they think through archaeology and excavation that they have found Peter's home in Capernaum. And of course, guess what? They built a church over it, kind of floating over it. One that, well, looks like a spaceship. Pretty sure there were no spaceships or even spaceship buildings in the time of Jesus. I tell you this because, strangely enough, Easter presents similar challenges. Now, some have no desire to be connected with the real Easter story because bonnets, baskets, eggs, and candy, that's really all they need on their Easter, and it's good. But, but what if you do? What if you want to know what the first Easter morning was really like? Well, 
while much of what we do in church on Easter morning is absolutely lovely, it is a far cry from the authentic experience of the very first Easter morning. Now, if you ask me what church images I associate with Easter morning services, then I will respond that I think of music and flowers and instruments, the choir, bright lights, bombastically joyful hymns, which is why we love Easter Day so much. It's just plain fun, particularly for those of us who are from Christian traditions that have been making sure, well, that we don't have any fun during Lent. But none of those things I just named were found on that first Easter morning. So where do we find the real deal, the authentic Easter? Well, I'm glad you tuned in. Let's peer back through time and take a look at the first Easter morning and what it was actually like. It might surprise you. The very first Easter probably almost certainly started in the dark. It started in sadness. The dawn was just about to break, and they were headed towards the tomb to tend to the body of Jesus, and no one was looking forward to this. Oh, and if we really want to look at the authentic first moments of Easter morning, there were no men. So I guess I'm kind of thankful that we don't get too biblically accurate on our Easter morning church celebrations, or those of us who are men, we wouldn't even be able to attend. It is morning, almost certainly dark as they begin their journey, and they are tired and sad and unsure of what lays in store for them at the tomb. Suddenly, there's a loud earthquake that has to be unnerving at best. Okay, let's, let's be honest. In reality, it has to be absolutely terrifying. They were tired and sad. Now they are alert and terrified. Then an angel rolls back the stone of the tomb. Now, this part is really important. Just a quick note about biblical angels. At least from my perspective, they seem to be either insufferable show-offs or equally possible, maybe even more likely, they just get overly rambunctious and turn everything into a chaotic drama that it doesn't really need to be. Okay, let's go back to Jesus' birth. He's born. God says to the angels, go let the shepherds know, because I want them to come and be part of this. And what do the angels do? They go swooping through the countryside, terrifying sheep and shepherds alike, so much so that the angels have to make their first words, oh, don't be afraid. In sports, you often see someone who's just committed a foul throw hands up in the air to say, I didn't touch him, when in reality, the hands in the air say, oh, I absolutely touched him. You know how we can tell when angels let their excitement get away from them? When they say, don't be afraid. Don't be afraid. I'm pretty sure as angels speak for, okay, that might have been too much. God tells the angels to let Mary Magdalene and company know what has really happened. So checking back with the biblical story now. The angel of the Lord creates an earthquake. Also, he makes his robe shine like a sign in Times Square, and then to continue to keep things, you know, low-key, the angel decides to perch on top of the rock he's just moved. I don't know, kind of like an impish leprechaun who's just revealed himself. And not surprisingly, at this point, his first words wind up having to be, don't be afraid. You want to know what the very first Easter was like? It was chaos. Don't believe me? Take this passage from Matthew 28. 
that we just read. Reread the gospel like you're an 11th grade English teacher reading a short story by one of your students. You'll see what I mean. Key details are left out. Things are jumping all over the place. They don't seem to be quite in the right order. For example, I'll give you this. The Bible passage that we read at the beginning of this podcast tells us that two people discover Jesus' resurrection, and they are Mary Magdalene and the other Mary. No, those aren't my words. The Bible literally calls her the other Mary. First of all, let me just point out, according to this passage, there are only two people in the whole world who got to witness this moment. And second, this is the resurrection. The list of attendees is short. Perhaps we could get everyone's name for what we believe is the most important moment in the history of humanity. I mean, the bar isn't so high. It's just two names. Look, the perfect Easter in our world today is beautiful, joyful, peaceful, with a sense of everyone and everything in its place. That was not the sense at all of the first Easter. So as I'm writing this podcast, I'm preparing it, I'm kept coming back to this question, but why? Why was it so chaotic? And then I wound up thinking of it, asking it in a different way. This is the difference. Why was God's biggest moment since giving birth to the universe filled with so much chaos? And that, that is when it hit me. As a kid, I grew up watching babies being born on TV shows and movies. It was always a beautiful, organized, predictable process. And then I got to experience the birth of two kids in real life. And you know what? It's pretty doggone chaotic. Birth almost always is. Easter morning is not just the moment we discover that Jesus isn't dead, that he's risen. It is God's moment of giving birth to a whole new way of being for the world. Of course it was chaotic because the world was dramatically changing in that moment. Withering away was the idea that we need to live in fear of God, and arising anew was an understanding that we are loved, celebrated, and cherished by the God who created us. Dead was the idea that the poor and the suffering were being punished for their sins, and arising with Jesus was the new way of seeing that we are all in this journey together. Gone was the idea that God had selected just a few people to be chosen, and in its place dawned a new understanding that God wants us to know that every single person God created, every single person around this globe, is a child of God. Easter Day, the very first one, was nothing like the way we celebrate it. And that's not surprising. That was a day of birthing. And these Easter's now, they're kind of a birthday celebration, not really a recreation of the day. Because that very first Easter, it was filled with creative, life-bringing, life-changing, transformative chaos. Because a new kingdom, a new way of living, a new way of understanding was being brought forth through the resurrection and was being born into the world. And that kind of creation, that kind of birthing, well, is always a chaotic process. Holy, glorious, but chaotic. That's all for today. If you'd like to get in touch with me to ask a question, suggest a topic for a future episode, or just tell me what you thought about this episode, I'd love to hear from you. My email address is 
dan at skypilot, S-K-Y-P-I-L-O-T dot zone. That's dan at skypilot dot zone. On your spiritual journey, may you ask questions, seek answers, and boldly go wherever the quest takes you. Thanks for listening to SkyPilot Faith Quest. I invite you to send me a question or leave a review. And remember, the sign of a strong faith, solid religion, or healthy spiritual journey is not certainty, but that you keep asking questions.